0: Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us for the last time this week is Cleolinda Jones.
1: Hello. So excited. Yeah.
0: So today we're going Got to be up talking about... early in the about, morning. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about Minute 165, uh, which begins with Galadriel approaching Frodo and ends with Galadriel saying that she will diminish, pass into the West, and, and remain, remain Galadriel. Galadriel. And...
1: So, speaking of effects that
2: didn't age well. Uh...
0: <laughs> I've never liked this effect.
2: I haven't either.
0: <sighs> never liked this effect. I I'm... know what they're going for. Yeah. I get it. I have never liked it. I've always thought because that it I... looked the... so out of place. Mm-hmm.
2: The <sighs> actual, and I think I, I mentioned this several days ago, was that... My favorite line in the whole thing is when she kind of backs off and says, I passed the test. I will diminish. And I had been waiting for so long to hear Kate Blanchett say in this very sort of gentle, self-deprecating, wistful voice, all of this stuff. And then this happens. And I was sitting in the theater going, <laughs> what? I-, I think I'm okay with this. Maybe. Uh, everything else was great. Mm.
0: I like what they do with her voice. I like the way the lines are delivered. I've never liked the effect. I, I've always felt like it goes too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that they wanted it to be big and splashy because it's supposed to be about like the power of the ring and showing what it can do to someone so strong. To even feel the corruption of this thing. But I've I just it feels like it goes too far. And if the point of this meeting is to be like a secret, I think she just woke up the whole damn city.
2: <laughs> Oops. I hadn't thought about that. Like everyone's like everyone's looking out, out their windows. Houses.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just like, she's at it again. Dolls
2: Talking about barking. being a
0: dark queen.
2: Yeah. yeah. Dogs barking, horse alarms going oh, off. God. It's just the whole.
0: Nightmare. right
1: Caliborn yes. just sits up and he's like oh, really this again like...
0: it's, it's... he's just like galadriel were you looking in the mirror again
1: right. you promised <laughs> no
0: <laughs> i wasn't looking in the mirror kelleborn <laughs> he was just shift blank He's, he said it
1: maybe that's why it's not in the trees cuz kellaborn like was like okay so you've been looking at this mirror a lot you need to calm down and she's like okay i'll put it away somewhere and then she like made a garden <laughs> uh, though technically she outranks him so it's whatever true. she does what she wants
0: she's she's of more noble blood
2: mm-hmm. uh, my and... roof my rules you don't pay the bills right. around here Right. <laughs> right.
0: Who's uh, who's queen of all the elves? That's right. It's me. It's not you. It's me. And they talk about the design of this. I think the outfit itself looks great. I just don't like the effect. It's the because they wanted to look like she was drowned, mm. like she was surrounded yeah. by water. The way that she's her outfit is like tattered Filling. and floating yeah. around her. It's not supposed to look like wind. It's supposed to be look like she's floating in water. Oh
2: like her element was so strong it overwhelmed her yeah Yeah. i mean the more i think about it i can see how it's meant to show the corruption and how there is such a thing as too much power i because i i get it i'd like to think i wouldn't be tempted but i think i'd be tempted in the sense that i'm a very if you want something done right do it yourself kind of person mm-hmm. I mean, just just give me the ring just no i'm gonna rule middle earth we're gonna work this out we're gonna fix it up it's gonna be fine give it to me i know what we need to do and but that's the whole thing about absolute power even somebody like galadriel you know the very nature of this kind of power is that it destroys you right and frodo needs to see oh. that
0: because yeah. no, this this whole scene the whole mirror of galadriel thing is about the power of Galadriel and the power of Frodo and how the two of them are each kind of differently affected by the power of the ring Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it it, this scene says a lot about Frodo's strength in a way that kind of previous scenes haven't I think anyway because Frodo has been carrying around this thing for so long and Galadriel is around it for 15 minutes and is just like has this grand delusion about ruling everything
1: Well, I think, because she's, I mean, she's much older than him, so she's probably thought about it more, too. So now that it's here, it's it's very much a very present danger and temptation to her instead of just this, oh, well, you know, if I took the ring, I could, you know, rule Middle-earth and it'd be awesome. But she's been, like, meditating on this.
0: Right. And, I mean, this is so far outside the context of, like, The movies, because it has to do with like knowing more about the Silmarillion and the nature of different beings in Middle Earth. But if Galadriel had the ring, she would not be more powerful than Sauron with the ring because she's just not as powerful of a being. Right. So she still wouldn't be powerful enough to contend with it, period, because she's still not of the same level.
2: At the same time, because she was she was around at the time of its creation, right? Yeah. She does know the whole story. She knows what it is. Like, when Bilbo finds it, it's just a nice, it's a pretty ring. He puts it on, oh, it makes you invisible. Like, for so many years, nobody has, near the ring, has had any idea what it is or what it does. And I, right. I don't think Frodo still has any idea, really, what it does and what kind of power it has. And now he's getting... A preview of it but she knows exactly what kind of power it has and you know like you're saying has been sitting around thinking what she could do with that power mm-hmm. yeah. for what centuries i don't i don't even know how long millennia <laughs> there was not there millennia because
0: yeah. the, the ring hasn't existed for like literal millennia not really
2: yeah there was there was some picture though from for, the hobbit maybe? <laughs> the hobbit movie that had you know a shot of galadriel with the moon to the side and it said She's the one to the right. The one to the right is older than the moon. Right now, I I would guess the ring isn't that old, but I mean that's a really interesting way to put her existence into context.
0: Yeah, the because um, the ring, I think the ring is about four thousand years old, roughly. Maybe it's maybe not millennia. quite that old. Yeah, it's it's a few millennia.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, because the third age, the ring has existed for the entirety of the third age, and then some before that.
1: And the third age, just
0: three thousand and seventeen, or something
1: yes. like that. Yeah, so like
0: three thousand years. Yeah. So the ring is a little over three thousand years old, and Galadriel is like ten thousand. She looks oh, great. I was like, <laughs> she's yeah.
1: like ten years old. I don't remember uh, how what? old Galadriel is
0: exactly, <laughs> but she's she's very old. Because mm-hmm. uh, Elrond is like seven thousand years old, or like six and a half thousand years old, or something like that. I don't know. And, El- and, and like Arwen is like 2,000 years yeah, old? Yeah,
1: she's like 2,500. Something absurd.
0: So the elves are all thousands of years old. And Galadriel's the oldest elf in Middle-earth, I'm pretty sure.
1: The oldest for me? Well, I mean, because Glorfindel's still there, right? Is she? Oh, older yeah, so than Glorf- Glorfindel? Like, Glorfindel would be the oldest then. Okay. But he doesn't.
0: But he he's would- not royalty. Yeah. <laughs> Oh I'll, I'm she might be older than Glorfindel I don't know cuz she's from the first age too. Oh that's true. They're they're old. Glorfindel and Galadriel are very old.
1: Yeah. Cuz like in the book when Frodo tempts her she says for many long years I'd pondered what I might do should the great ring come into my hands and behold it was brought within my grasp. Right. So she's I... been like Thinking about right. this more than once.
0: Right. And when you think about that too, like the whole idea that she's been thinking what she could do with the ring for so long, it was actually closer to her than anybody else that had any sort of lust in their heart for it because the Misty Mountains are right there.
1: Yeah, but she's she didn't not know very where it was.
0: right. She didn't know where it was, but it was so close to her all that time
1: mm-hmm.
0: without her knowing.
1: Well, the ring didn't want to be
2: found by ring, her.
0: Right. Can you imagine if Thranduil got the ring? What he would do with Middle Earth? Oh my Earth?
2: god! <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> All
0: right, it's party time! Oh
1: my goodness!
0: Just turn the whole of Middle Earth into Mirkwood.
1: Well, like, yeah, but like dark Mirkwood, mur- because Merkwood's already the pretty ring. dark. Yeah,
0: and that's because of Sauron's power too. Mm-hmm. The necromancer. Thranduil. Uh... I mean, he's also elf royalty, but he doesn't have nearly the same level of claim as like Galadriel or Elrond do. To be like, no, I'm I'm king of all the elves. Mm-hmm. Galadriel, and Elrond, just be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he he rules his little kingdom.
1: It's interesting that her costume is supposed to make her. Like drowned instead of
0: yeah, she's supposed to look drowned and also kind of give the feel of maybe like a siren.
1: Yeah, I can see that with the the really dark shading on her face when she says "treacherous is the sea."
0: And even like the the way that she's lit is the same way you generally see people lit when they're underwater in movies.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, One of my favorite things about the costume, though, and it's like one of the things I really like, despite not liking this effect, is that she goes from a dress. To an armored outfit.
2: I was about mm-hmm. to say, yeah, there's kind of an implication of war and aggression in there.
0: She's got the, the metal corset in the middle of the outfit. Right. Uh, and I think that even if you weren't really paying attention, it does go by kind of quickly. But I think that even if you weren't really paying attention to what she's wearing, just the fact that there's now an element of metal to her costume mm-hmm. makes her feel more threatening without anything else.
1: Right. I've never noticed that the outfit changes.
0: Yeah, the dress changes completely. It's very different.
2: Huh. I've seen some people do cosplay versions of it. Like if you Google dark Galadriel costume, there's mm. all kinds of discussions of how it's different and how to put it together. And I just suddenly thought, what is it? The, the dead marshes with the the soldiers underwater, the dead yeah. soldiers? Yeah. I mean, there's kind of a similar idea of that futility and loss and destruction. I, I wonder if that was something they thought of on purpose. The Maybe. idea of a drowned warrior.
1: Yeah, because like even the fabric, uh, that's being tattered, it looks like like a coarser fat. Like it's not lace or anything like that. It looks like um, like bandages yeah. or something. Something that you would wrap up a wound or... Like a um, mummy? Like a
2: mummy, yeah. So that's... Touch of seaweed maybe to it yeah. as well. And yeah.
0: I think the outfit looks good. I I think that the, the blue skin, like black eye, weird effect they put over everything. I don't, it, it feels too much for what was before this, a very quiet character-driven scene. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes me out of this moment every time I see it.
1: And I mean that's just like a that's just a Peter Jackson thing. Like yeah. he likes to play up like s- stuff yeah. like this yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse. So right. I mean, and, and
0: sometimes it really works. Yeah, but I don't think it works here just because of like what this scene is about. Yeah, I, I, it it's too it feels too big mm-hmm. and like too out of place when played against what we've seen for the last four minutes. Yeah. And what we've seen in in Lothlorien for the last 10.
2: (laughs) I almost want the exact same scene, but with less CGI to it. Just turn down the volume a little bit, Mm -hmm. a little less metallic look to it, but the same concept, the same, you know, seaweed bandage blowing in the wind kind of idea, but just, just bring it down. Right.
1: Because he like turns it up to 10 where it should be like maybe a seven or eight.
0: Yeah, like because I can the definitely... previous
1: quiet scenes were like twos or threes. Right. you know what I mean.
0: Right, you can't go from one to ten in like two minutes. Oh God, no! It's it pulls you out of whatever you were trying to say in those those few yeah. minutes before this, and
1: because I think it goes so like it goes so hard, I. It, I can't take it seriously, and I've never been able to take it seriously. Yeah, I
0: never have been I either. always
1: call it nuclear Galadriel because it's just yeah. so sudden. Like, it's like a bomb goes off, and I'm just like, oh, God.
2: Like-
0: yeah. Man. Yeah, no, I really like the costume, and I think that if they would have stuck with their design philosophy with, like, the rest of the Elven stuff, mm-hmm. where, like, show with simplicity, I think that this would have been a better moment.
1: She looks like a Valkyrie. Yeah. The, the I was about armor. to say, yeah. Like she looks like a, a, like a goddess of war, or like a, or not like a Valkyrie, but like a, like, like a fury almost, yeah. too Like a spirit of vengeance and right. stuff.
0: And you can you can do the lighting and the the blowing of the costume in the wind without like going to ten like this, mm-hmm. without like CGIing her face away. <laughs> Uh, They actually talk about even turning it down from what the initial cut was like so that you could see more of her face. Good lord. Which makes me like really horrified at what it must have looked like the first pass. Right. I
2: don't know. Because
0: like she doesn't look like Galadriel and I think that that makes the effect less impactful. Well, I
1: think that's also part of the point. Like this is the ring... This is what the ring is showing people and we get a kind of a glimpse of that.
0: But I mean, like we we talked about this before too, like corruption only works for me if I can still see what was corrupted.
1: Yeah. Like you could see the baseline, like the base model.
0: Exactly. Like corruption really only works for me as a device if I can, if I can see what has been lost Mm -hmm. or what is being in the process of being lost. I I feel I need to see what was there before for the corruption to feel like it has the impact it should. And I don't really get that here. Yeah. This feels like a completely different person, a completely different character in a way that takes me out of the whole I will pass the test and diminish line that follows it.
2: One of the things I would want out of this is for... You can look at this and say, I do not want this. This is not good. We don't want her to turn into this. I would like her to remain more beautiful so that it would be tempting to say, no, let her have the ring or Mm -hmm. see, it's a good idea if I have this. And then maybe by the end, turn into something really horrifying. But like, I, I kind of want it to be more tempting for longer.
0: Like if it built slower into that last moment yeah like maybe if she had kind of like started this like if it was a progression and not just like immediately to like the shouting crazy scary galadriel Mm
2: -hmm. we saw the fabric turn to rags we saw her face darken and the sort of corpse-like makeup idea instead of just like a flashbang yeah effect exactly yeah
0: instead of like a firework give me a campfire
2: yeah i like that because i do think it would be great at first that's the temptation of the ring it would be totally great and you would gradually be corrupted and that's part of the temptation that you would sit there and think no no i can handle it and Mm -hmm. maybe other people would support you in that and then gradually it would all just go to hell and so i kind of wish they had shown in this very brief amount of time they they have i admit this if they'd kind of shown the temptation of that progression a little better
1: yeah just like a a transformation right or like
0: even if you you, even if you stretch the scene like 30 seconds or a minute so you can slow down the transformation Mm -hmm. that would have been i i think that would have been fine and i know that they were trimming so much stuff out of this movie already but like it really does just happen so fast
1: I think it's interesting the it gives way. me
0: no time to process what I'm looking at.
1: Right. I think it's interesting the way that they rephrase her dialogue from where it is in the book. Yeah. Because she says, um, what does she say? She She's says, beautiful lord, and terrible as the dawn, as treacherous, treacherous as the sea. sea. Yeah. And like in the book, we kind of get that slow build up because she says, beautiful and terrible as the morning and the night, fair as the sea. And the sun and the snow upon the mountain. And then she says, dreadful as the storm and the lightning, stronger than the foundations of the earth.
0: See, I actually like that line better. All shall
1: love me in despair.
0: I like that line better. But I do like the delivery of the lines in the movie. mm, I I think the Cape Lancer did that very well. Uh, Despite it being like a little over the top.
1: Because it is. I mean, I understand why they condensed that dialogue because it is kind of a mouthful because to fit this scene because it happens so quickly but then like we were saying if you build towards it yeah it has more momentum in the dialogue
0: even if it was something as subtle as like she gets brighter and seems to become more beautiful and then you have a shot of like frodo looking up and then we see something like this but not this over the top yeah like even if there's like a cut between like frodo realizing what he's actually looking at compared to like what the audience sees in that mm-hmm. first bit of the moment. Even something like that would have been really effective.
1: Um and then like when I was she I says, was ready
0: for like one of us to be like, no, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> but like
2: <laughs> Yeah no. Uh
0: because I know that there are people out there who do.
2: Mm. I've made peace with it. <laughs> like I I love just the character so much and I, I love Kate right. Blanchett. Playing this character that I'm, I'm willing to just kind of go. Well, you know, what are you going to do about it? But no, this is a
0: thing that just happened in my life.
2: Yeah, yeah. It when I first saw the movie in the theater, I was like, I can't believe this is like the one thing I was disappointed about. It's so great, and this is like the one thing I came for, and it's the one thing that I felt they kind of stumbled with. That's so Mm -hmm. weird.
0: Some of the way that the the outfit is like torn, and the way that it's flowing. Also looks like sea foam the way that you're looking at it yeah. through the camera. Which is also kind of a nice touch. There's a lot of really there's a lot of things to love about this costume
1: mm-hmm.
0: for the scary galadriel. It's just
1: scary. Spooky Galadriel.
0: Spooky Galadriel. <laughs> Spooky, scary elven people.
1: Elven made, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: Spooky, scary elven maids. Oh
1: god. That's a completely different everything.
0: (laughs) It is. It's it's totally different. I don't know. I I like the way that the last line in this minute is delivered a lot because I think it's such a multifaceted delivery because in, in one way, she sounds like resigned and willing and ready to go. And in another way, she sounds sad that she's not strong enough to control the ring. Mm hmm that she has to go.
1: I think it's both um relief and disappointment. Yeah. Which is a difficult emotion to convey, but I think she does it really well.
0: Well, it I think that it's the um it's the delivery of everything else and then the kind of harder delivery of and I will remain galadriel mm-hmm. that kind of sells that feeling of like resentment might even be the best way to kind of describe it although it's not that strong
1: mm-hmm.
0: of her like feeling like i should have been strong enough to control this right but instead she's strong enough to resist it and she's not sure how she feels about that
2: mm-hmm. and then there's a tiny smile at the end just yeah just a, as she real as she realizes that she remembers what she's regained by passing this test but it's so sad and wistful and that, that's basically the entire nature of this scene is that she plays like five or six different emotions at any given time. Mm-hmm. And that's what creates so much, you know, ambiguity and complexity about all this is that you're just really not entirely sure what's going on. And I like that you don't know. Like, I wouldn't necessarily want to sit and figure out exactly what was going on. It's the very nature of not being able to know her. That makes her right. so great, I think.
1: I do like the moment where she's transitioning back from, like, power Galadriel. And she's, like, breathing hard and, like, the, the, the whatever, the shading goes out of her eyes. I really like that transition. Like she,
0: she's released from this animus.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. This, like, spirit that's possessed her. And she's just like, oh, okay. Gosh, that was <laughs> oh, that, weird.
0: <laughs> oh, I did not like that.
1: <laughs> I like that because... It, she looks tired and she looks, again, like she looks sad and kind of disappointed in herself and also a little scared of what she is capable of. Even though I know that she must be at peace with like what she is and how powerful she is, I think there's a little bit of um, like she's afraid of what could happen if she did take the ring. Yeah.
2: I think there's it's also very, some vulnerability because moment. she mm-hmm. had this moment in front of a stranger who's three feet tall and very small right. and innocent and <laughs> had this blowout in front of him. And it's kind of like, wow, that was awkward, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Why did I just do that? I, I love Galadriel, but that the, the spooky Galadriel is the one thing that every, every single time I've ever seen this movie, I'm just like, oh, here this comes.
1: Yeah, it's very jarring.
0: Like, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was like, what? (laughs) Because I had, like, I had just read the books, like, before, like, just finished reading the books for, I think, probably the second or third time when I saw this movie for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so everything was still, like, really fresh when I saw this movie for the first time. And I was just, like, so taken aback by this effect. It, like, it took me out of, like, the whole movie for a while when I watched it originally. Which is really it's unfortunate like this... because I really like the the climax of the movie. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's like this moment, and I, I am absolutely sure y'all have talked about the moment in Rivendell where, oh yes. Bilbo tries to gra- <laughs> like you know what I mean, where yes. Bilbo tries to grab the ring, and there's that,
0: and that know, one never bothered me.
2: That one, I mean, I jumped in my seat, but mm-hmm. that,
0: but like that's exactly what I pictured from the book. Mm. Unlike this,
2: it was just a little too much of like the large marge kind of eyeball pop that just kind of it bothered me a little bit. Like, it just went a little too far like that. And this I think come from the same impulse. Yeah. Creatively. I, I feel like it's the same impulse on some level.
1: I'm I'm not as hard on the, um like, the Gollum Bilbo as I am on this because that lasts like a split second. Like, yeah. It's kind of like a blink and you miss it thing, but this is pretty much a
0: minute like this (laughs) this this effect is in your face for 15 seconds yeah
2: and it's not as important a scene i mean to have bilbo do that i'm not sure i even would have necessarily remembered like as opposed to this being something i was actually looking forward to right
0: right i didn't actually see this movie in the theater the first time i ever saw this movie was the extended edition oh wow i missed this one in the theater but i saw two towers and return of the king Mm -hmm. I saw Return of the King several times. Can you theaters.
1: imagine, like, sitting in the theater and then just having this, like, blasted in your... That'd be... Uh-oh.
0: Oh. No, I'm... I'm uh, I don't have I'd be to much more interested. <laughs> no. Yeah. I would be much more interested in, like, going back and seeing all the, like, adults around me jump when Bilbo reaches for Frodo. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think I saw each of these movies three times in the theater. And I, I do this sometimes. If I see a movie three times, usually about, like, at... The point of two and a half. I kind of go, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I'm still here for half a movie. Oops. I was, I had just graduated college, I think. This came out the December after I graduated college.
0: Yeah. This came out like Christmas season 01. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And I graduated, you know, May, whenever of 2001. I'm old. So (laughs) (laughs) I like stayed in the midlife midlight the midnight line i did midnights for all of these my college friends and i would you couldn't pay me to go to a midnight movie now wow <laughs> so old so old
1: yeah i i miss midnight releases me too but i don't know it is kind of rough though I think the last so. <laughs> one
0: I think the last one i went to was um avengers
1: I think the last one I went to was, ironically, the first Hobbit movie.
2: (laughs) I might have done a Harry Potter at midnight. Maybe. That might have been the last one.
1: I miss the hype of waiting in line with other crazy people that are waiting till midnight. From, like, nine o'clock to, like, wait till midnight. Yeah. Everyone's cosplaying and, like... (laughs) Yeah, man.
2: They let you sit down and then there's probably some poor manager who has to go in and hype the crowd and keep them, you know, calm for another three hours. I always liked that. I think probably the first midnights I went to were either Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, which came out that, that same year. Mm -hmm. I didn't really get into it before I was in college. So, you know, and I, I went to several other different kinds of movies, but there was a point when I, I think maybe the last Harry Potter movie, I was like, I can't stand in line for four hours anymore. (laughs) I got old. I got tired. I don't want to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it may have been The Dark Knight Returns was the last one I did at midnight. Now that I think about it. Because this is unpleasant. Um, When we were driving home (laughs) at like three in the morning, I'm checking Twitter and there's been a shooting.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that.
2: And I remember this. Yeah, this is not the best memory, but I remember being like, guys. I went with my sister and her husband. I was like, guys you need to check the news because mm. something happened. And then I didn't go to any midnights after that. Yeah. And now I'm I remembering why I stopped.
1: Isn't that when they stopped doing like some, around the s- same time? They some places doing still that? do them. I, I don't know.
0: But a lot of places just do a showing at like nine, nine o'clock. o'clock.
2: which is nice. <laughs> I think partly just for the employees. They were like, people want to see it so bad. Just let them see it the night before. Don't make them mm-hmm. sit till 1201.
0: Right. Right.
2: I always like to go in, like, sometimes I would just go see a movie, like, on Saturday, but I would walk up to one of the employees and just be like, you know, did you guys survive? My sister used to work in a theater. I was like, you know, how, how was it? Did you guys make it? And they were like, there were no survivors. <laughs> There's still popcorn piled up behind the scenes. Oh, gosh! Like, <laughs> oh, my God. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad they've kind of moved that back to earlier in the evening because like it's great to go see it before everybody else does we don't really have to me- wait until like the witching hour come on now mm-hmm. <laughs> Let, let's all go home in a reasonable hour at this point
0: <laughs> <sighs> all
1: right. well i don't know if i have any other notes on this no, one
0: i think uh i think that's it for the yeah. minute hopefully
1: so. you had fun talking yeah about. I
0: know. uh we like to uh, we like to ask our guests too, uh, if you could come back for another moment in one of the next two movies, what would you want to come back for?
2: Okay, um, <laughs> I was gonna just yell dibs on Galadriel, but I don't. Well, I guess she does show up at at the uh, the end of the third one. Um,
0: <laughs> all the way in the great heavens,
2: all all the way. I I do love these movies though. Um. Maybe something with Arwen. I also like her a lot. Okay. I love costumes, is the thing. And I, yeah. I really love the costumes that they uh, they made for her. And she has some really, really beautiful moments. Also, as I recall, um, Brett McKenzie shows up in the third one, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, Figwit. I
1: think it's the third one
2: who ended up getting getting a name and uh or something and uh i just re-watched flight of the concords all the way through <laughs> so i was thinking about that and uh something something along in there when you when you get to those movies we can we can figure yeah. that out but yeah, that's absolutely. my immediate stake claim right there nice all right
0: cool so you can find us on duelinggenre.com and if you're interested in expanding your movies by minutes horizons, you can go to moviesbyminutes.com, which is a collection of links for uh, all of them currently out.
1: Yep. Either completed or producing episodes.
0: Yeah, either either completed or producing, and the numbers the numbers growing. We're getting close to forty now, I think. I think so.
1: Whoa. Um. And where can people find you on the interwebs, Linda?
2: I like to joke that you can just Google Cleolinda and find me. I'm Cleolinda everywhere. And uh, mostly now I'm on Twitter, username Cleolinda. I'm also on Tumblr somewhat. I lurk a little bit, but I do post still some uh, Cleolinda. And at some point I want to set up a new blog place to live I, I know people will be sad that the actual last person using live journal is leaving but uh <laughs> and i think i will keep the material there but just due to recent events i feel like i need to move mm-hmm. somewhere i may i have a, a dream with backup and i may go there but i'm really pretty easy to find if you look for me on twitter you'll find exactly what i'm doing nice
1: nice.
0: As always, a special thanks to our Patreon Associate Producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye.